This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's take our Bibles and go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we'll find verse number 35. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want us to pray together, and then we'll look at this passage. Father, Lord, we're thankful that we can come together and come to your word this word that is eternal, this word that is infallible and inerrant, inspired, and this word that imparts life to all who will receive it. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we look at this passage of Scripture, that we'll see Jesus, that we'll see our need, and we will come to know you by faith for those who do not. I pray for those who are encountering a storm in their life, maybe even in this moment, that you would help them, Lord, to look to thee in the midst of it. And I pray that as the disciples, that we would see you in a greater way as we enter into your word and as you reveal yourself to us. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you on this subject, in the storm with Jesus. In the storm with Jesus. And if we're going to be in the storm, I want to make sure it's with Jesus, don't you? I want to know that I'm, I'm, I'm in the storm with Jesus. I, I don't want to go through the storm without him. And the disciples are with him. In Mark chapter number four, the Bible tells us in verse one, and he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and he sat in the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea of the land. The Lord Jesus is in the height of what is uh, uh, commonly termed by some Bible scholars as 
his popularity. He's, he is, his acceptance and his fame uh, is at a high, especially uh, in Galilee where he has preached and sent his disciples to preach, where he has performed many, many miracles. Uh, demons have been cast out of people. Uh, disease has nearly been uh, wiped out in those regions because Jesus has healed all who were brought to him. He has demonstrated his great power over, uh, over the devil and demonic host. He's demonstrated his great power over disease. And uh, he has been teaching the people in Mark chapter number four. As the crowd thronged him, the multitude pressed upon him, the Lord Jesus entered into a, a ship, a, a fishing boat. And uh, he moved out a little bit uh, away from the shoreline onto that fishing boat. The people were situated along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, the, the shoreline is... is Mountainous, and so there are slopes that lead down to the shoreline. And so you can see the Lord Jesus in the boat. Uh, some of his disciples are with him in that boat, and perhaps some in other ships, as we're going to read here in just a moment and have read already. And then on the banks is a great multitude, and Jesus is teaching them. And the Bible tells us in verse number 35 the same day when the even was come. So we, we draw from, from that, uh, we draw the conclusion that the Lord Jesus has been teaching nearly throughout all of the day. And uh, now even has come. The sun is beginning to set and uh, darkness is drawing near. And so he said unto his disciples in verse 35, let us pass over unto the other side. And so they sent the multitude away. And they took the Lord Jesus who was still in the ship. And the disciples joined him as many as could in that ship. And then other disciples who were in other boats. And remember, not just the 12 at this point were following him. He still had many who would later turn back and follow him no more. They were those that he spoke of concerning uh, the soil that was thorny and the soil that was stony. Uh, they would receive some of the truth for a time, but they would not endure. And so uh, we know that there is a number of people who are following Jesus. And he tells to them, we're going to go over to the other side. We're, we're going to break away from this crowd. And we're going to go on to the other side and find perhaps a place of solitude and a place of rest. And I'm certain that the disciples were eager and excited to get away, to get alone and to get some rest and be with Jesus. And there's no doubt that the Lord himself was looking forward to that time. As they sailed upon the sea that evening, the Bible tells us in verse number 37, there arose a great storm of wind. The Bible tells us this storm was a furious storm. The disciples were afraid. The ship looked as if it was going down. They were wondering where is Jesus and they found him in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. They awake him and they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39 tells us that he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. 
There was a great storm. And then there was a great calm. Then we notice in verse number 40, he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. The same word that is used in verse number 37 to describe the storm as great, and the same word that is used in verse number 39 to describe the calm as great is the same word that is used here. In verse number 41, is translated differently for us. In verse 41, it is translated as the word exceedingly. The word megos is the Greek word, and it means that it is great. It is, it is of great magnitude. And here's what we find, that this storm was a storm of great magnitude. We find that the calm that the Lord Jesus Christ brought in the midst of that storm was of great magnitude. And then we find that their response and their reverence and their fear and worship of Jesus was of great magnitude. I want us to notice those three thoughts this morning as we look at this text. And I hope you'll write them down if you're following along with me as we consider that we're in the storm with Jesus. First of all, I want you to see number one, a great storm. A great storm. Again, we read in verse number 37, there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. I want you to notice about this storm, it was sudden. Uh, they were sailing along the sea. There, there did not seem to be any problems to be encountered. The Lord Jesus had said to his disciples, uh, let's go on to the other side. But suddenly this storm came down upon the sea of Galilee. Without any warning, it hit them. We notice that it was strong. The cold winds that blew through the mountainous regions of Galilee, those winds began to blow briskly and, and uh, the winds channeled through those valleys and those crevices and it came upon the surface of the sea where the warm air was there along the surface of the sea. The Sea of Galilee is below sea level. And uh, it gets its source from Mount Hermon as the waters flow down into the Sea of Galilee to form that, that lake that is there. It's a great spot for fishermen, and we know that four of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. And we find then, as this storm begins to blow, as the winds, the cold winds blow and meet the warm winds, that wind creates that storm. The word for storm literally means a whirlwind effect is taking place, like a, a cyclone or even like a hurricane upon that sea. And people who uh, tell us about that region uh, in Israel tell us that the sea from November to April is especially susceptible to these sudden violent storms. The waves upon that sea can get up to 10 feet. And so we find here that this, this storm, it's strong. The sea is churning. The boat is being lifted. The winds are driving it. The waves are crashing in. The spray of the water is filling their eyes. And they, this storm, it's, it's a strong storm as these winds blow and these waves billow beating upon the ship. This storm was sudden, it was strong, it was scary. 
these experienced fishermen, these rough, tough guys who've been on that water many, many times were fearful. They were afraid for their lives. Notice uh, the Bible says in verse number 37, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, I'm not an experienced fisherman. I'm not an experienced sailor, but I think I know enough to know that when the boat is full of water, that's a problem. <laughs> that means she's about to go down. This was a very scary situation, and these seasoned fishermen were brought to their wits' end. This ship was seemingly about to sink, and so they cried out in fear to Jesus. But what we learn in, in this passage is that as we sail on with Jesus, the storms will inevitably come to us. The storms will inevitably come our way. They're sudden, they're strong, and they're scary. Uh, we might think or, or sense that because we're in the boat with him, because we know him as our Savior, that, that we might be lulled into this false notion that no storm should ever come to us. But I want you to know the storms come. And if you've lived any amount of time as a believer, you already know that. You didn't need me to tell you. The Spurgeon said this. He said, the vessel which has Jesus for its captain is destined to feel the tempest. Uh, th this life, as Job described it, is of few days and it is full of trouble. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Well, we ought to claim that as our verse here in North Carolina, right? <laughs> it rains on the just and the unjust. The storms are going to come. I, I don't imagine that Jesus and the disciples were the only people on, on the lake that night. I don't imagine that there's, their flotilla of ships were, were uh, the only vessels on the lake but if I was going to be in a vessel, I'll tell you the one I wanted to be in. I wanted to be in the one that Jesus was in. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Here's what we find. We shouldn't think it's strange when the storms come. We need to understand that God has a purpose and a plan in the storm, and he will lead us through the storm. The storms come. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that there is no temptation. There's no trial. There's no testing. There's no temptation, he says, that has taken you, but such as is common to man. We deal with the storms the world deals with. The difference is we have the captain on board our ship. Well, let me say it a little better than that. We're on board the captain's ship. Uh, Spurgeon said this. He said, the gold is in the furnace because it is gold. 
If you find yourself in the fire, know that it is because God finds you valuable. You don't put the trash in the fire to burn out the dross. You put the gold in the fire to burn out the dross. And so there was a great storm. Maybe you're going through a great storm. All it takes is a phone call from a doctor's office. All it takes is a a problem at the office, a meeting. All it takes is a relationship in the family, an argument. They seemingly come suddenly out of nowhere. And they come with strength. And they're scary. It was a great storm. But then I'm grateful that there was a great calm. I want you to notice that secondly, a great calm. The storm is raging. The disciples are afraid. The ship appears to be sinking. No doubt they were wondering, where's Jesus? Well, he was in the hinder part of the ship. Asleep on a pillow. Now, this isn't a big vessel. This is a small fishing boat. Uh, Historians tell us perhaps 15 to 20 people could be in it. It wasn't as if he was out of sight somewhere. He was asleep. The son of God, asleep in the hinder part of the ship. This tells us that we, we, we see here some things. We see, first of all, his humanity in his weariness. He's been with the crowd. He's been ministering to them. He's been preaching to them. He's been answering the accusations and the questions of the scribes and the Pharisees. He's been ministering to the needs of the people. He's been teaching them all day. And now he's weary. He's weary. He's so weary that in the midst of a storm, he can sleep in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow. What we find here is that as a man, the Lord Jesus identifies with our difficulties. The Bible says that he, uh, he is our high priest. He is touched with a feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses. He became a man so that he could become our mediator. He is touched with our infirmities. And I want you to know that he's endured every storm that you and I will ever face. Temptation, he's endured it on a far greater level than we'll ever encounter it. Loneliness, he's endured it. Weariness, suffering, sorrow, betrayal. Friend, he took our sin upon himself and he suffered our death. I wanna tell you, Jesus has endured the storms. But they find him and they did what we would have done. They awoke him. Notice the question they have for him. The Bible tells us they said to him in verse 38, Master, carest thou not that we perish? It doesn't take us long oftentimes once we're in the storm to wonder the same thing. It might appear to us that Jesus is asleep unconcerned, 
unmoved. And we began to wonder, Master, don't you care? I mean, I'm praying to you and nothing's happening. I'm in the storm and the, 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 the winds are still blowing and, and, and the waves are, are rolling over the top of me and I, I don't see any action. I, I don't see anything changing. Well, there's a great lesson for us here, isn't there? They awoke him. Carest thou not that we perish? You see, they had doubted his word because did he not tell them let us pass over under the other side. That's why we as Christians cannot live the Christian life and not have a vital relationship with the Bible. We need the word of God. Faith cometh by and hearing by the you, you can't neglect your Bible and sail through the storm. Uh, you, you've, got, you've got to have the, the truth in your heart and in your mind. And, and here they are in this critical time. They're doubting his word. Maybe they'd forgotten his word, and perhaps they had. And here's another thing. As, as, they, as they begin to, to cry out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Had they forgotten that he was present in the boat? Did they think the boat was going to sink with him on board? Can I tell you something? The moment you receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior, the life of Christ, the presence of Christ came to dwell within your soul. Do you think you're going to go down when he's in you? Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. We belong to him. He's the captain of my ship. It's not going down. He was present in the boat. By the way, aren't you glad he didn't leave them and forsake them in the midst of the storm? And let me tell you, he won't leave you in the midst of the storm. But our perception of Jesus often becomes distorted when the winds and waves are raging in our face. And they said, Lord, don't, don't you care? Can I ask you a question? Had he not already proven to them that he did? Lord, Lord, don't, don't you care? You see, we soon forget his faithfulness to us in our past when we are in the storm in the present. It's uncanny how that happens to us. So they awoke him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Notice what the Lord Jesus did in verse 39. I love this. And he arose. <laughs> hey, their Bible says there arose a great storm. <laughs> oh, but hallelujah, there arose a great Savior. Amen. He arose. <laughs> and what did he do? The Bible tells us in verse 39, he rebuked the wind. I don't know what he said to the wind. I just know he rebuked it. Essentially, in summation, stop it. Then notice what he said uh, to the sea. Peace. Shh. Hush. Be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. 
You see the winds and waves, they obeyed him at once. As great as the winds had howled and the waves had rolled, so now there was a great and immediate calm. <laughs> the waves ceased and the winds stilled. Out of great chaos was great calm. It didn't happen gradually. It happened immediately. He arose, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And as soon as the word got out of his mouth, it was quiet. There was no motion. There wasn't even a gentle breeze blowing. It was still. It was calm. It was quiet. That's what Jesus can do. Friend, he can bring peace to you in the midst of the storm instantaneously. And what is it that brings the peace? It's his presence. It is the recognition of his presence in our lives. You see, when we're in the ship with Jesus, we can sail safely and contentedly. I meet a lot of Christians who aren't content. They're unhappy because the storm has overtaken them. They can't enjoy anything about the Christian life. They can't even come to church and sit through a service without some frustration, some aggravation. But you, when you know Jesus, you can sail safely and contentedly through the storm in its presence. But you can also sail contentedly in the absence of peace. Amen. In the absence of peace, you can still be safe and content with Jesus. I want to read you some quote from Charles Spurgeon. I, I hope you'll pay attention because I really think it can help you. Dealing with this passage of scripture and this thought, Spurgeon said, let us not rely upon the continuance of the present ease, nor fix our happiness upon the fickle weather of this world. Oh, in other words, let's not allow the circumstances of life to throw us off course. Let's not feel like we are the people who are destined for ease and comfort. He said, but let us be ready for changes so that come what may, we shall not be afraid of evil tidings, our heart being fixed, trusting in the Lord. This is powerfully convicting to me. My dear brothers and sisters, do you know that sometimes God works a great wonder when he sustains his people in trouble? than he would if he brought them out of it. For him to let the bush burn on and yet not be consumed is a grander thing than for him to quench the flame and so save the bush. In other words, here's what he's telling us. 
He's saying God is working in the trouble. God is working in the storm. We want deliverance from it. We want ease and peace and calm and comfort. But he says God works a greater wonder when he sustains us in the trouble more than he would if he brought us out of it. Now here's the question for us. Are we willing to accept that and say to the Lord, let thy will be done. We trust you. He said, beloved, can you not believe in a silent God? Where was Jesus? Asleep. You ever feel like God's asleep? Unresponsive? Can you not believe in a silent God? Do you always need tokens from God? Must you be petted like a spoiled child? Is your God of such character that you must mistrust him if his face is veiled? Can you trust him no further than you can see him? It was a great storm. It was a great calm. I want to give you the last thing. It was a great Savior. Amen. This is the highlight of the trip. We're going to the other side, boys. They didn't know what was on the other side. But they're getting ready to find out. It's not a geographical de destination. It's a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. A revelation that came to them and only came to them in the midst of the storm. I want you to see it. Verse 40, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. That means they were filled. The Bible tells us in other accounts of this miracle that they were filled with amazement and wonder. This fear is a reverential fear. It is an awe of the Lord. You know what I think happens to us sometimes? We lose our awe of God. Isaiah, the prophet said, when the king died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Job said, I, I heard of thee with the hearing of, of my ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Abraham, who stood before the Lord pleading, for Sodom and Gomorrah pleading for Lot. He recognized that it was in the very presence of the Lord that he had come. And he said, oh, I'm but dust and ashes. You see, when we see Jesus, as Isaiah saw him and said, woe is me, I am undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips. As Job said, I, I heard of thee, but now I see thee, 
Wherefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. When we get a glimpse of the glory and the majesty and the power of Jesus, it overwhelms us. We're awed by it. We don't see the other disciples for the scoundrels they are. We see ourselves and our sinfulness. And Peter said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. The apostle John, when he saw the vision of Jesus Christ, he said in Revelation chapter 117, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. You see, when we get a glimpse of the glory of Jesus, we won't be joking around. We won't be checking our cell phone. We won't be him hawing and yawning while we're singing hymns. I, I don't want to be unkind. I don't mean to be. But when we get a glimpse of Jesus, we'll be overwhelmed. We'll be awed by his majesty and by his glory. You see what's happening is these disciples know him, but they're learning more about him. As one commentator said, they were growing in their apprehension and their comprehension of Jesus Christ. They're learning who he is. And they heard him say to the winds, stop, to the sea, peace, be still, and it became like marble. And they're filled with wonder. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to tell you what manner of man he is. In John chapter 1, the Bible tells us in verse number one, in the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. And the word was with God. That's Jesus. The word was God. That's Jesus. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter number one and verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things consist. When John wrote the, the glorious gospel according to John, I want to tell you that John had been an eyewitness on board the old stormy ship that night and he saw the master of the sea arise and rebuke the winds and the waves. He saw the immediate peace and calm that came to that troubled sea and he was filled with amazement and he said, this is the one who spoke the universe into existence. This is the one who upholds us by the power of his word. He is the eternal, everlasting King of kings and Lord of lords, the Son of God. Amen. His name is Jesus. And they were filled with amazement and with awe. Amen. 
because a great Savior was in their presence. You see, we're in the storm with Jesus. It's a great storm, and maybe you're going through one. You just want it to end. I understand. But you can trust the Lord in it. You can know that he has a purpose. You can know that he has a plan. You can trust him. Those storms come suddenly. They come from places and destinations we'd never dreamed they would come. They trouble us and they hurt us and they, they're strong and they're scary. But Jesus is on board our vessel. And though he may seem disinterested at times to you, I want you to know he's faithful. He's the master of the sea. And as Spurgeon said, he may allow your bush to burn for a while, but we can trust him for the, his purpose to be accomplished and for his glory. And we can know that ultimately he's going to get us to the other side. And along the journey, here's the greatest blessing of all. We get to see Jesus. Amen. We get to see him work in ways that we never even imagined, that never even entered our mind. And those things come to us in the storm. And you can have great calm even though the winds are howling and the waves are rolling because you have a great Savior. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.